Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. And yes, it really is me. I took me one extra day to get back in here and get situated after being out, oh, a little bit here the past few days. Um, my wife and I went on actually something I don't know that I've ever really done before, which was a little uh, retreat. It wasn't just – it was it was time to – truly rest not just travel or you know do something in particular it was designed to rest and reflect and i gotta tell you i feel uh better (laughs) uh and more relaxed and i don't know what the wording is but just i just feel better than i have in a long not that i felt bad i don't want to say that i just just to take the time to do that so i apologize for being out i appreciate your patience with me as we did take one extra day and i want to thank micah uh, beckwith for filling in for us yesterday i had mentioned before we left um i was i i thought we had another uh guest host but just some travel plans uh, of his prevented that from happening so my apologies for that but good to be back so a lot a ton of stuff and when i has happened since i have been gone Pause to email Todd at ToddFShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, and always adoration and praise will be accepted there. Um, Or community.toddhuffshow.com is another place where you can go as well to do those very things. So anytime I'm out for a couple of days, uh, there's a... (laughs) a backlog of things I want to talk about. And there's a ton, right? I mean, we've got the Rittenhouse trial. We have, and again, just for the sake of where we are, as of the time I'm recording here, because we're uh, recording the evening before, if you listen to this live, uh, you listen to this. So I don't have all that information handy um, if, if something happens overnight here um, with, the, uh, you know, with the trial or what have you. But we got the Rittenhouse trial. That, that is, I mean, it's... I would say unconscionable what this prosecution has done. I haven't commented much on this. Not that it it doesn't matter, um, because it obviously does. And it's an important thing. I, Having served as a juror, I I don't know, maybe I think about this a little bit differently. Most folks that talk about these things are attorneys. Everybody wants to tell you, you know, how much expertise they have in these trials and what certain things mean from judges and juries. I don't get into that. I just, as far as the issue is concerned with me, excuse me, I think that uh, just (laughs) that we've gotten to this point that, that Kyle Rittenhouse has gotten to this point uh, where he's, he's literally being charged and tried um, by a jury of his peers is 
remarkable from a common sense perspective. I know folks don't like the fact that he traveled to what Kenosha with uh, a weapon or maybe a couple of weapons even. Um, but once you know the whole story as to what he was doing, what he was trying to do, it's it's not like he went there with the purpose of, of doing these things. And when, when you see the video of the folks attacking him, uh, the folks clearly threatening this guy. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm always cautious because I don't know. There's always things as, again, just from my experience as a juror, um, which I've shared a, a little on here from time to time. I just, there's things that I I don't know. There's things that we don't know that I guess if you watch the whole trial, I guess you know. But there's just, there's things that we don't, we don't necessarily know. And of course, um, we also have the option of, of watching uh, analysis of the trial, which I don't do. I don't do that either. The folks that are going to talk to me nine times out of ten are going to try to deceive me anyway. So I don't even pay attention to that. But we have that that option, and we're not in the jury. The pressure isn't on us. you know. And, and you don't know what happens when those jury room doors close, what the conversations are. Things that you know, once that that weight of that decision is upon you, it changes things. I mean, it it did for me, right? The seriousness of this, because again, as I said, when I've shared my experience in the past, I wanted the the trial I was a jury on involved the death of a of a five year old little boy, and it's a terrible, terrible thing. So you wanted justice for the victim, but you also wanted justice for the defendant. You just didn't want someone to pay for the heinous crime of what happened to this boy you wanted the to make sure it was the right person and that you went through the process of reviewing evidence giving the defendant uh, the benefit of of the doubt when able to do so and and come to a conclusion which ultimately said is this person or the the decision or the conclusion was based upon whether or not we thought there was enough evidence to convict or say the person charged with the crime was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt it's the best way the most logical way to describe the series of events and the evidence was that it was pretty much as the prosecution had presented or some variation that led to the same ends right so as you when you go into that jury room uh you you, you feel i think I did anyway, this this weight of responsibility. And justice was the objective. Justice within the the rules of our system, which by the way, as I've shared before, it's it is a beautiful thing. Our system is a beautiful thing for lots of reasons. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today. I'm always tempted to talk about these things and these the things that make America great. That's one of them. But I don't want to go down that that path today. I want to stay on this from the Rittenhouse perspective. So you have a guy who clearly, and I'm going to play a soundbite here. Look at the clock. As the clock went black on us here. Bear with me here. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and play this soundbite. So this was from a couple of days ago, right? I know we've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got, you know, COVID vaccines and mandates and I don't know, just a lot of stuff to get to. We got the Biden administration doing whatever the Biden administration is doing. We got the passage, we got the passage of this massive uh, spending bill for infrastructure Republicans. 
who may, you know, face, who voted for this, who may ultimately uh, face some repercussions, perhaps from their constituents, or if not from their constituents, from uh, from people once they, you know, once chairmanships are are open if Republicans regain the House. I don't want to go into that, but these are just things I just want you to know I'm aware of them, trying to parse through this. But I want to start with with Rittenhouse because it matters. And I'm, I'm just thinking, again, as someone who's just looking at this probably much like, I'm guessing, most of you do, right? I mean, we're, we're watching the evidence. We see evidence of him shooting an individual, vaporizing... His bicep, as that's become a, I guess, a popular term. Something, by the way, I don't want to have happen to me. But I will say this: I would not be taking the actions that this <laughs> individual, trying to choose the best word I can here, this individual had taken against against Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, keep in mind, the prosecution is trying to make you degree your firearm. Is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, correct? Self defense. Yes. And once your firearm is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, that's when he fires his gun. Yes. Sir, look, I don't want to. Does this look like right now your arm is being shot? You agree your firearm. I want to play this exchange, and you may have heard this because this this happened a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago. But I want you to hear this. I want you to. L- <laughs> I mean, this this is effectively Point the case as as a as a juror in my in my book. And if I'm sitting on this jury and I hear the entire case basically come down to. Well, this very thing, I, I just don't understand. I do not understand how how this case was even brought, to be quite honest. So, listen to this uh, testimony of one of the individuals who got their arm vaporized. So I want you to listen to this. Listen to what he says here. Do you agree your firearm is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, correct? Yes. Okay. And once your firearm is pointed at Mr. Rittenhouse, that's when he fires his gun. Yes? No. No. Sir, look, I don't want to... No. Okay, so the whole context here is that there's a, a, a still shot, and it shows Kyle Rittenhouse sitting on the ground, and this person testifying here... Um, the individual who got his bicep vaporized, bicep muscle vaporized by Kyle Rittenhouse, justifiably so from everything that we've seen. Um, and so there's a picture that shows what's going on, and he says that um, he's trying to basically paint the picture that it was not justified, that this was not done in defense. But you can see the picture. Now, you can't see it right now because you're listening to my lovely voice and not looking at anything on a screen. But this is, I mean, he's a couple of feet away in a very aggressive posture. His hands are no longer up in the air. The the attorney will go through all this. Um, And he's he's not, uh, the whole 
it's an aggressive posture, and the guy has a handgun. I mean, this is pretty, I think, cut and dry. Look, I don't want to. Does this look like right now your arm is being shot? That looks like my bicep being vaporized, yes. Okay. And it's being vaporized as you're pointing your gun directly at him. Yes? Yes. Okay, so when you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Love what the attorney. This is this is actual audio. The, the attorney lets that hang. This is all live audio. Silence. Silence. Good. Well done by this particular attorney. So what this guy just ad- admitted was, he said, "I know the attorney was hard to hear there. The, this uh, this uh, individual testifying, you could hear much better because he's sitting at the." podium or whatever uh, with the microphone but the attorney said you know when you were three to five feet away and you had your hands up he didn't shoot right he said yes he said your hands down in this picture and you know you've basically gotten closer things have changed now your hand is down you've got an aggressive posture you're closing the distance is that right yes and that's what's going on when this picture is taken right yes so he didn't shoot you (laughs) i He didn't shoot you when your hands were up, right? He didn't shoot you when your hands were up, when you were not posing a threat to him. But when you changed your tactics, when you suddenly decided to make a an offensive attempt at Mr. Rittenhouse, that's when he fired his gun, isn't it? Yes. And then the attorney, and I love it. I'm glad. I hope he sat there. I, I just have this clip, but I hope he sat there as long as that judge or that other prosecuting attorney allowed him to do so because that just needs to resonate and sit with that jury. So you, <laughs> you're you one of the people who are supposed to be making the case that Kyle Rittenhouse was making an un, you know, un, indefensible uh, offensive act against an innocent bystander. And the video footage, the, the, the photographic footage that we have shows you with a gun pointed in the general vicinity of the defendant. He didn't shoot you when you were a few feet further back and your hands were up, but he did once you started to make a more aggressive move. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I mean, case dismissed. Who knows? Again, at the time I'm talking right now, I don't know what's going to come from this jury. Who knows in today's world? I, I have no idea. But the fact that this case has gotten this far, based upon what I know, and I'm not going to paint myself as someone who knows every detail about this case, but based upon the things I've seen in the trial, the the evidence that I'm aware of, that there is no way in the world that Kyle Rittenhouse should have even been charged. This is preposterous. This is absolutely preposterous. On top of that, the judge kind of jumped the case of the prosecuting attorney because he was and i want to i have the sound bite but i'm not going to play it just for the sake of time and i want to get to other issues but he did um he the, the judge basically said you're getting very close to the line and you may have even crossed the line because you're basically implying that uh 
Kyle Rittenhouse using his Fifth Amendment right, which is, of course, in the Constitution, to not talk to, uh, you know, to law enforcement authorities about the crime you were alleged to have committed, um, that doesn't that does not imply that you are guilty. And the line of questioning um, certainly made the defense attorney and it sounds like the judge say, "Hey, this is well, <laughs> you're making an argument in front of the jury." That makes it sound like if someone uses their Fifth Amendment rights, I mean, this that's a very serious constitutional offense, my friends. The Fifth Amendment is there for for very good reason. And I know it's popular to say, you know, if you're innocent, what do you have to what do you have to hide? You should go talk to him, right? I'm sure law enforcement officers even even say that. And I don't blame law enforcement officers. Their job is to try to solve a crime. But if you've been charged with something, I just what how is it going to help you? Because there's a whole I've, – I've watched people speak on this issue who are defense attorneys, and they've said unequivocally that there's nothing good that can come from giving a statement or answering questions if you are, appear to be or have been, have been charged. So anyway, this is just a mess. It's a mockery from what I've seen. It's a disaster. Kenosha, Wisconsin, and it happens in other places as well. We see it with these other high-profile cases. I don't know if there's pressure. Of course, there's, well, I do know there's pressure. I don't know if it's they take these cases just because of the political pressure. They didn't want to have to answer questions from the media as to why they didn't charge him. I don't know why. But in a sane world, this trial would not be going on right now as far as I'm concerned. Quick timeout. Got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. Good to be back, my friends. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, another thing that was big in the news here the past couple of days. I think it maybe happened. Did he? Was Aaron Rodgers on with Pat McAfee on Friday? Or was it. I. It was I think it was Friday. I remember I watched the whole thing, and I got it. <laughs> um, I remember as, as I listened to Pat McAfee, I'm just reminded of when he was you know, playing here, punter for the Indianapolis Colts. But uh, entertaining guy. But he was he basically let Aaron Rodgers come on the show, and he didn't even ask him any questions. Which I'm not. Don't I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying. I'm just explaining what the format was. Um, it was Pat McAfee. They're all, you know, third of a screen each. There were three folks. Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers in the center, and then uh, A.J. Hawk on uh, the right side of the screen if you're, you know, watching the, the feed on YouTube or wherever it is. And they basically let Aaron Rodgers just get on there and share his side of the story. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, NFL player for the Green Bay Packers, um, we learned uh, he had not been vaccinated. <laughs> oh my gosh, the guy's not been vaccinated. And I'm sure that there's people out there. They think if you've not been vaccinated, and I'm not, please don't misunderstand me. There have been people that I know or that people I know who have passed away from this. Like it, it is, It is a real thing. It is a serious, uh, it can be very serious for some people. For a lot of people, it isn't. 
with or without the vaccine. The vaccine, they tell us, is supposedly helpful in keeping extreme conditions from arising uh, concerning an individual's you know, health or whether or not they get hospitalized or or die from it. But there's no, there's no guarantee. There's no – you can get the uh, – the virus, even if you have the vaccine, right? And so Aaron Rodgers comes on here and he explains his rationale, um, explains that he had done research, which if you listen to many leftists, you're not even supposed to research it. You're just supposed to do whatever you're told, which is so foreign to me. I've always, I don't mean to imply that I'm some model of health, but I've always taken, taken ownership in my health. I mean, I respect the opinions of people um, who <laughs> have gone to medical school. They clearly know more about these uh, ailments than, than I do, than I ever possibly could. But it doesn't mean that an individual cannot sh- or should not take responsibility for him or her- herself, right? I mean, these it's called practicing medicine for a reason, right? I mean, there, this is deliberate use of language you know some people have it into their mindset oh i get sick i just go to the doctor they write me some prescription or give me some shot that just fixes everybody every time they come in here with this problem and that's just not the way that it works i mean there's a lot more to use a popular phrase i've heard here recently nuance in fact i'm going to talk about that tomorrow we're shooting our next episodes of the television show which airs monday night by the way 9 30 on whmb tv 40 but i'm <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about this medical care just just like we talked about the Rittenhouse trial. It's called practicing law as well. I mean, there's no it, it is there's a lot still that we don't know about a lot of things, right? I mean, there's all sorts of treatment. There's not um, you know viruses evolve. Nothing is written in stone. Different. I mean, there's different treatments for different things. I mean, there's not, it's not just something that you plug into a computer and it just spits it out and you should just do whatever it says without asking any questions. I'm, at least I'm not wired that way. I don't know. Maybe some people are. And I'm not saying not to trust your, I'm just, your, your medical professionals or the people that you've surrounded yourself with. I'm just saying that ultimately these decisions rest with the individual. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was saying. And he was giving the reasons and rationale for not taking the vaccine. And he, he pointed out things that honestly, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this so that you understand. I'm not some raving Aaron Rodgers fan or, you know, I'm not, not even a huge, you know, NFL fan anymore. The NFL has burned bridges with people like me in a lot of ways. And the way that they're handling players over this vaccine is another way that they've done that. But he pointed out things that I, I've spoken about on this show as well that he, I mean, I've listened to the whole 45 or whatever it was minute interview. And a lot of these measures that they're taking don't make any sense. The only sense it appears to make is that the NFL is basically trying to shame people into getting the virus. And he even said when he, when they were talking about the virus, excuse me, the vaccine specifically, he raised his hand and shared concerns with the team in front of you know in front of the team with I don't know, medical personnel or whatever. 
And he said he had a lot of teammates, coaches, um, other folks involved with the organization come up and thank him for saying those things. And it's remarkable to me. You just think about that. How many people took the vaccine? If you took it and wanted it and you thought it was the best thing for you, I that is great. I, I'm not here to try to make you feel one way or the other. I guess what I'm saying is, well, I know what I'm saying is, is that it's your decision. And I, I respect you. <laughs> Crazy concept in 2021. I respect your autonomy to make that decision. The radical left, however, does not respect that. The radical left thinks that there should be one solution for everybody. And the group of people or the individuals who are best suited at making those decisions are, of course, radical leftists and probably Marxists, to be quite honest. They'll tell you what to do. You shut up. You get in line. You get one vaccine. You get one booster shot. You get 57 booster shots. Whatever they tell you, you never ask any questions. You hang on to every word that Dr. Fauci says breathlessly. You never criticize. You worry about what you say. You measure your words so you don't get in trouble at with YouTube or Facebook or, excuse me, Meta, Meta, which again makes me think of Ron Artest, Meta World Peace. But you don't do any of those things. You you just, uh, you just you do what you're told. And Aaron Rodgers is saying, I'm just, that's not, that's not how I live my life. He voiced concerns about being able to have children, was concerned about the long-term effects of whether or not it might interfere with someone's ability to um, have children. I'm not suggesting that that's, it does or doesn't. We just, to his point, there's some studies and and things that we don't know. And that is absolutely correct. Aaron Rodgers is, is an intelligent guy. I mean, if you watch the interview and listen to his reasons and rationale, it's what a lot of you are thinking, whether you got the vaccine or you didn't. And I don't, again, this shouldn't divide people what where we should all kind of circle our wagons around each other is to say why are we forcing people right i saw a tweet here somebody shared it on instagram heck my wife may have shared that with me i can't even remember i see so many things but there was a tweet that said something to the effect of for those of you who don't think we're coming after your children with vaccine mandates you were wrong and we're going to succeed or some such thing we're coming after your kids we're going to basically hold them down jab them in the arm probably force parents who don't want their children vaccinated to watch to make them just realize that you know how terrible of parents they are they want they want you to suffer for being such neanderthal idiots that's the way that they act and this is how people go about it i almost tweeted her back and said bet me hot shot bring it on so, but anyway, the point is, Aaron Rodgers, of course, is now I'm face, facing so much criticism. There's Howard Stern had something. Howard Stern acting like Howard Stern here, um, which I don't listen much ever. I couldn't even tell you the last time I listened to Howard's, <clears throat> Howard Stern yes Um But he's got some bad things to say about Rodgers. That's the politically correct thing to do. Howard Stern said, if there was decency in this world, you know, I would throw this guy out of the football league so fast. I don't know what Howard Howard Stern, this is what how liberals think. They think that they're smarter and better than everybody. So Howard Stern assumes, I guess, that he can be the leader, the commissioner of the NFL, so he can step in and throw Rodgers out. 
what he did to his fellow teammates, this effing guy, they should throw him out of the league so fast. That, why? Why should they throw him out of the league? He tested positive for COVID, didn't play on Sunday, had been ostracized and going through the charade that the NFL makes players who are not vaccinated go through. Colts have the same thing with Carson Wentz. He's got a wear mask on the sidelines. Stupidest stuff. And I, I am so over the stupidity of this crap. And the same thing, Aaron Rodgers has to, well, he didn't have to play the game. He just, they thought he was vaccinated, right? And then this idiot Howard Stern, we literally have a player who plays for the Los Angeles Raiders, Henry Ruggs, who played at Alabama. I'm a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan, who crashed. He was drunk in Las Vegas, I believe, drove a car 156 miles an hour while intoxicated, killed some other person. And Howard Stern is comparing, comparing Aaron Rodgers. They, they, they have no ability to navigate analogies the radical left. These folks have lost their ability to think, to reason. That is absolutely not what Aaron Rodgers has done. I mean, we could go through this five million ways. If your vaccine works, what the heck does it matter if Aaron Rodgers gets the vaccine? Well, Todd, he could get it and the virus could mutate. Okay. Well, can people who get vaccinated get the virus? Well, yeah. Okay, why can't it mute? I mean, it's just so defiant of logic and sense and reason, but that's what's going on as well. This is continuing. This is going to be a, I mean, this is this is not going away anytime soon. I, my wife just told me someone had tweeted something about day number 600 and something of the 10 days to stop the spread. 15 days or whatever stupidity we were told a year and a half ago now. I had to take a break. Quick timeout is necessary, but that's another thing that happened while I was out. Continue our discussion of all things. Get caught up here for the days I was out. It's good to be back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. By the way, caution out there. If you're driving a vehicle right now, listening to the contents of this program may in fact cause you to lean and drift to the right. Back here in just a minute. My friends, so something else. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Representative Paul Gosar, I was just talking with Oz about this. Representative Paul Gosar, his, uh, I guess his staff, his campaign, I don't know. One, one, someone associated with him created a video, an anime video, photoshopped anime. If you can picture all this. So there's anime, you know, the little, I don't know, the little characters that you know it's fighting and swords and all this stuff <laughs> jumping and stuff I, I can't even really describe the video adequately you have to kind of see it um but it, it appears that the video from what i can ascertain and i can't read japanese so maybe it says something we probably would have heard about it by now um specifically but it appears to me Paul Gosar is a uh, representative from Arizona that the video is predominantly um, depicting Paul Gosar fighting against the radical left for open borders. That's what it seems like to me as I watch this. And in my thing, it's a little weird if it's not your thing, I guess. If it is your thing, fine. But the, So you get the anime cartoons and then you have 
photoshopped heads. You ever seen the things, I was telling Oz about this, and I remember doing one as a family a couple years ago, like where there's animation and you can put your family's faces or pictures on the dancing elves or whatever it is. Like we we did that. No, I'm not going to post it anywhere, but we did that a couple of, several years ago. And of course it's funny. That's what this looks like, except for anime instead of just like dancing elves, you know, um, doing gangman style or whatever. So it shows in one scene the little anime fella, two swords jumping up and striking on the neck, it appears, another much larger individual that appears to have AOC's face on it. Anyway, whatever. I The headline at CNN, is it CNN? Yeah, CNN, a couple days ago. Paul Gosar, Representative Republican Rep. Paul Gosar posted a photoshopped anime video to his Twitter and Instagram accounts showing him appearing to kill Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio or Ocasio Cortez and attacking President Joe Biden. Now, I just, it's clearly not meant to be literal. This is supposed, depicting a battle of of what people who are symbolizing an open borders movement, what Paul Gosar is fighting against, and this is not a literal thing. I to say that it appears to kill her in the video, and from the same people who literally had no problem with Kathy Griffin holding what appeared literally to be Donald Trump's severed head with blood, real life blood. It looked real. I've said before, it looks like she was doing a a casting call to be a member of ISIS, right? Barron saw this and got all upset. You remember remember this back, I don't know, four or five years, whatever it was, soon after Trump became president. That was art. That was sophisticated art. Probably the same type of art that Hunter Biden was able to pick up over a weekend with a paintbrush. But Biden, excuse me, Gosar doing that offends the media. I remember there was a play, a Julius Caesar play, where someone who literally looks exactly like Trump is supposed to be Trump. They get murdered at the end of the scene. That is, man, that's profound. That's serious thinking. We got a cartoon with some crazy music and animation, and suddenly the media is just hysterical about this. I don't know. I'm not saying I would even have done the video. I'm not defending the video. I just... I don't know. We've lost our ability here to use common sense. Well, you and I haven't, but a lot of folks certainly have. It's it's taken well out of context. I, again, not defending it. Maybe they shouldn't have done it, but the idea that it's literally depicting the murder of AOC is so far outside of reality. I think it was blocked. I don't think it was blocked by Twitter. I think it had a disclaimer. Because this upset the media, too. They wanted Twitter to take this thing down. I guess it was giving somebody the green light. And I don't want any of these folks to be hurt, but political speech has to be protected. And if that's how you communicate, fighting against what these folks are standing for or doing, then you have to let someone do it unless they're literally calling for harm, which I unequivocally, completely stand against any harm as 
I'm sure Gosar does as well. Anyway, quick timeout. Get our ticket timeout. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I want to get to this really quickly here in the winning moments of the program. This is something I'm going to be speaking with someone about this. Um, spokesperson from um, the organization that actually released this. And this is a an individual that's a Biden nominee, Saul Omarova. And I want you to listen. <laughs> it's just, it's truly unbelievable. I mean, it, it really is. It's not because we know this to be the case and what they desire. But listen to her casually just throw in the desire of the radical left to see an entire industry go bankrupt. Listen to this. Uh, troubled industries and firms that are in transitioning. And here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we what? want to tackle climate change, right? At least we want them to go bankrupt if we're going to tackle climate change. Someone the administration is nominating for a position in the in the cabinet and the executive branch is now openly saying we want an industry or players in the in, in energy industry to go bankrupt, which we all know this. You know this. I know this. But to hear it. Being said, these folks are becoming bolder and bolder by the minute. These are Marxists. They cannot be trusted. They are very, very bad for America. Quick timeout. Back in just a minute. By the way, that organization that is working, well, that, that shared that soundbite that I played last segment. They are called the American Accountability Foundation. The representative or the individual, Saul Omarova, is being considered by the Senate to lead the office of the comptroller of the currency. And she's an open Marxist. She's the one, by the way, who had written a thesis on Marxism and so forth. I mean, just truly Marxist. I mean, I'm not even making this up. Truly Marxist. And I'll be speaking with one of the founders of that organization on the television show. I've got to go. Have a great day. STGC tomorrow. Take care.